Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, everybody. My name is Layla, and you're listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're so glad you could join us this morning, but before we get into the Word, let's take a moment and pray. God, we thank you for today, and we thank you for the joy that you've placed in your in our lives through your word, God. We thank mm-hmm. you for this time to gather together in your word, Lord, to be encouraged and edified and built up in you, God, in all of your characteristics and your attributes, Lord. We thank you for our partners and our listeners, that you're causing them to excel, that they're growing and maturing, Lord, and that you're keeping them, God, and that you are blessing them. So we thank you for all those things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Almighty name. Amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We're glad to have you with us and excited to get back into our study of the word in the book of Acts with you. This morning, we are moving forward into chapter 26. And because it is the much of this chapter is talking about Paul's testimony or Paul is giving his testimony. We are just going to cover that whole section of scripture all at once. So could I get a volunteer to read in Acts chapter 26, verses 1 through 25, please? I will. All right, Charles. Then Agrippa said to Paul, you're permitted to speak for yourself. So Paul stretched out his hand and answered for himself. I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because today I shall answer for myself before you concerning all the things of which I am accused by the Jews especially because you are expert in all customs and questions which have to do with the Jews. Therefore, I beg you to hear me patiently. My manner of life from my youth, which was spent from the beginning among my own nation at Jerusalem, all the Jews know. They knew me from the first, if they were willing to testify, that according to the strictest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. And now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made by God to our fathers. To this promise are twelve tribes, earnestly serving God, night and day, hope to attain. For this hope's sake, King Agrippa, I am accused by the Jews. Why should it be thought incredible by you that God raises the dead? Indeed, I myself thought I must do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. This I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priest, and when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. And I punished them often in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme. And being exceedingly enraged against them, I persecuted them even to foreign cities. While thus occupied, as I journeyed to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest, at midday, O king, along the road I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shining around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we all had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me, and saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So I said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and the things which I have y- will yet reveal to you. 
I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared first to those in Damascus and in Jerusalem and throughout all the region of Judea, and then to the Gentiles, that they should repent, turn to God, and do works befitting repentance. For these reasons the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. Therefore, having obtained help from God, to this day I stand, witnessing both to small and great, saying no other things than those which the prophets and Moses said would come, that the Christ would suffer, that he would be the first to rise from the dead, and would proclaim light to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles. Now as he made now as he thus made his defense, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you are dry, you are beside yourself. Much learning is driving you mad. But he said to but he said, I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speak the words of truth and reason. Amen. Good job, sir. <laughs> so there's a lot in there, of course. Mm-hmm. But I, I really sense it was important to hear the whole testimony all at once. It, even though yes, it's it's long, it's a lot of scripture and and yes, it's time consuming. But let's look at what happened. Paul I'll say gave an account of his whole life. How he was living and growing up, what happened that, that led to his conversion, and then how he has carried and conducted himself and walked in faith in, in the Lord after. Mm-hmm. And he's doing it, if you will, and now this is, again, not a trial, right? He's having a conversation. This is with people who wanted to see him and hear what he had to say. So it's there's there's significantly important for Paul, but for those around him. And it's no different than those that have a relationship with the Lord when they shared their testimony. There's much insight and wisdom and knowledge that can be gleaned about our Lord and what he does in and through a person, the change that he brings that cannot be replicated or duplicated anywhere else. So that being said, the floor is open to give each of you the opportunity to share what Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you have. So we would like to begin. I will. All right, Layla. So what the, I would like to make two observations that the, the Lord had shown me. The first one is about Paul. When we read his account, we see that how you mentioned about how he was living beforehand. He was, you know, breathing murders and threats against the church, as it's quoted earlier in, in the book of Acts. And he was throwing them in prison. And then we see him afterwards. And there was there, as you mentioned, that there was a clear distinction when we're in the presence of the Lord and the Lord and we make the choice to follow the Lord and we allow him to change us, there is a distinguishing difference. Paul does not look like the same person that Paul standing before Agrippa did not look like the Saul of Tarsus who was persecuting the church. They look like two totally different people. And unless the scripture had said something, I would have thought they were told to, two totally different people and i did for a while and so we actually (laughs) i started reading and paying attention to the words there and then the other um observation about festus we he's quiet and then after paul finishes his testimony 
it's like he's trying to like shield himself and not admit the truth and and we see that much learning is driving you mad so instead of um humbling himself and continuing to walk with the lord it's almost like he's withdrawing and um drawing his hand back and that's a um something for us i know in my own life when you and mommy would tell me some things i'll i'll be quiet and i'll listen but then I draw my hand back and don't want to admit the truth and we shouldn't be that way especially when it comes to comes about and it's about the things of the lord we shouldn't shy away from him or run away from him because you know he's the only one that can bring the change that we're saying that we we desire and that we want so if we truly want this we have to come to him and we have to be okay with him touching those things and uh, exposing those things in our lives that he may not necessarily want to look at Mm-hmm. And, you know, what that's a good point that you brought up about Festus, because also it was him trying to discredit mm-hmm. the word of the Lord, which we do in our own minds. But also he was trying to discredit it in the ears of Agrippa so that Agrippa wouldn't believe. Oh, you're crazy. Right. Just to throw that out there. There was no reason to say that. There was no context to say that. He's talking, Paul is talking about a historical experience of his own life. Who knows his life better than he does? That is Festus Noah's life. And then for him to say that was not only to discredit the word of the Lord in his own eyes so he wouldn't have to believe or he felt he would feel justified or shielded, as you said, um, from believing the word himself, but also to make sure, put a little bit of spike out there so Agrippa would now feel like, oh, I'm so prominent. If Festus doesn't believe, how can I believe? Right. Do you see how that happens? Yes. This is my comrade or my um, maybe just a little bit lower than me. And if he sees through this to say it's fake, then me being so pious and I'm supposed to be smarter because after all, I'm a king. I can't believe in that kind of stuff either. So that was definitely him letting his flesh be a tool of the adversary. But as it in regards to how we hear from the Lord and how we receive from him, when he knocks, don't discredit him, don't disregard him, but receive from him. And your flesh is going to kick and scream. Your mind is going to go, this doesn't make any sense. That is absolutely irrelevant. Because we know by reading the other parts of the word of God, that the flesh is at war with the things of God. And the human mind cannot receive or perceive or even conceive the things that are of the spirit. It has to be received and obtained by your spirit. So lean into the spirit of God. Lean into your spirit that has been made alive to him and trust there rather than what your mind thinks about it. Because Paul told us, in the same chapter that we just read in verse nine, that he says, indeed, I myself thought I must do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. So he thought he was doing God a favor. He thought Uh that what he was doing was right. He thought that he needed to do this. He thought he was right in what he was doing by being a a a blasphemer, a murderer running with his feet running to shed innocent blood. He thought it was right because he justified it in his mind. And yes, I'm emphasizing that word thought because a human mind is foolish. And if I could say it plainly, it's stupid and it will lead you astray. But the mind of Christ 
is that which holds wisdom. It's the mind of Christ, which is, is wise and connected to the will and the wisdom and the ways and the things of God. The human mind and the human flesh is carnal and will do savage and carnal things. I mean, the Lord made that very plain. He said, there's no counsel against the Lord. That's right. So there's how can no, our own thoughts? There's no wisdom or understanding or counsel against the Lord. Amen. Amen. Right. So, so why would you then have the expectation that your thoughts somehow supersede the will, the wisdom, the knowledge, understanding, counsel, all those mm-hmm. things contained within our Lord mm-hmm. that Holy Spirit takes and discloses to us somehow somehow you have within you the ability to supersede the one who came first and created all things amen and we may not say we can supersede but we'll go we have an equivalent is <laughs> no. just as good impossible which is deception it's, Absolutely. that's deception it's from delusional. the pit of hell exactly so even in this just realizing that when the lord comes it may sound like foolishness to us but thank the lord he didn't ask you <laughs> thank the Lord he didn't ask me. Yeah, I was going to say, he's, thank the Lord he didn't ask me. <laughs> he's been the king of glory forever and will always be the king of glory. And we are privileged to be in his presence. So when he speaks to us, get understanding of what he's mm-hmm. saying. Align yourself. Don't run off with part of the message. Absolutely. But don't reject it. Don't push it away. Don't withdraw your hand, as you said, Layla. Don't try to shield yourself. Just come to him and go, okay, God, you have to be right because you're right about everything else. You're God. I'm not. You're absolutely right, and I will come to you and let you help me get through this process. Mm -hmm. Now, what you describe, Layla, is a natural, human, carnal, fleshly response to conviction. Mm -hmm. And that's Holy Spirit's role. One of them is to convict of sin and things that are on. So to bring all truth or lead us into all truth, as the scripture says. So mm-hmm. we know when it's truth, regardless of what our response is, if we are, if we will just receive it, which is always the, the A answer, the beneficial, like do that. Please do. Right. First time. And in order to do that, we, we then have to uproot the things that are not truth in our life and replace what was there with truth or if we'll do or will our response be like you were saying to remove our hand from it to pull back to shy away or attempt to as festus was doing here discredit disshame or discredit attempt to shame the both the messenger and the message Mm -hmm. in an attempt to dismiss it Mm-hmm. And, you know, let's, let's just look at Festus a little bit more here. Um, in the previous episode, we talked about um, the words that Festus gave to Paul and saying that he had no, um, no reason to be condemned. There was no, he had no fault, basically, and trying to figure it out. But in back in chapter 25, verse 9 reveals his thoughts and his motivation, because we talked about God knows the motivations of the heart. He's not, mm-hmm. he's not convinced or swayed by our words. They're, they're meaningless, but he looks at the heart. So back in Acts chapter 25, verse 9, says, But Festus, wanting to do the Jews a favor, answered Paul and said, Are you willing to go up to Jerusalem and there be judged before me concerning these things? So he was trying to find an opportunity right in his heart, because his heart secretly wanted to do them a favor, even though his lips said, I find no reason that this man should be in prison. 
right? His mouth said that out loud, but his heart motivation was to do the Jews a favor. So he was already pitting himself in a way not to be willing to believe God. But now when he hears his testimony again, there's the Holy Spirit pricking his heart, not condemning him, but convicting him going, you know, this is right. I know what your motives are. I know what you were secretly planning to do, what you were trying to, to twist and have come about. So you could send Paul back down there so that the Jews could kill him. And then you could go, Oh, I don't know how this happened. I'm so sorry. Oops. Right. And all along setting him up for a trap, but here's Holy spirit who is the discerner and of the thoughts and intents of the heart pricking at his heart again. So how do you overcome that? Now he's feeling like, oh man, I would, this innocent man, he's truly more innocent than I thought. The second time I heard it, now I hear more. Now I see grace. He turned from this murderous man and willingly admits it to now this man who is operating in the grace of God. How do I, how do I shield myself from realizing what I intended to do? Discredit. Stick and move, if you will. Get away from me, God. You know, put his little spear out and try to push away the the con um the conviction of the Holy Spirit and shield himself by going, Oh, you're crazy. Ha 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 ha. You see how crazy he is? But all the while he knows what he was intending to do, and Holy Spirit knows. So why are we looking at him? Because we've all been Festus in some regard. And at certain points in our life. <laughs> We've all done that, whether it's an uh, identical or a great or small way, we've, we've all been Festus in our lives. And the point is not to go, oh, Festus is so bad, or oh man, I'm so bad, but to go, Lord, I need you. Thank you for even giving me a chance. Please forgive me. And when we see those things, because the word of God is a mirror for our own faces, when we see that, go, okay, I, if those are the... Those are the um, characteristics I'm seeing. Those are the symptoms. I sound like Festus. I look like Festus when I look at it from the, the seated in heavenly places view. Then there's something in me that I need to correct. Something in me that I need to draw near to God on so that he can correct it. And we correct it by going, God, I surrender. And I often put my hands up, like, stick them up. Okay, my hands are up, Lord. You got me here. <laughs> here I am, Lord. Let's go. I know I was a villain in that and a criminal and I did wrong and I'm sorry. Now, I can't fix it on my own, but I'll let you fix it. Lead me in the way I should go, Lord, because I don't want to be like this anymore. I don't want to remain in that place. I want to have my conversion. And there is a big conversion of coming to Christ, but there's a daily, there's a daily turning over of old habits, of old attributes that we allowed to be a part of us. And that just happened as a result of us being outside of Christ. And daily as Christ goes, now let's get this in order. Now let's perfect this. Now let's work on that. Put your hands up. You got me, Lord. You caught me. <laughs> I did cut my eyes. I did roll them, Lord. I was angry. Let's go. Let's deal with this, Lord. Let's fix it so that I can be right before my king. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks of you. It doesn't matter if anybody else agrees with you and they smile in your face today and pat your back and tell you you're right, but you stand before your king and he says, I do not know you. Did it matter? Did you get away? <laughs> I tell you, you will not escape. No one will. But when you let him fix you today, when you let him prepare you today, like James says, you can have boldness. I'm sorry. First John says you can have boldness in the day of judgment. You can have confidence in the day, day of judgment because you let God make you right here. You let him pour his righteousness into you. You let him con um, convert 
that sinful nature and bring you into the light and the fullness of what he has for you. Amen. That's a choice for all of us. Amen. So choose Christ and walk with him. Let's pause there for today because it's a lot. So with that, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, I promise. Lord, I just thank you for today. Just thank you for giving us the ability to hear from you, Lord, and just showing us the right way to go, Lord, so that whenever we walk with you, Lord, that we don't stumble, Lord. And Lord, I also just thank you for showing us all the traps of the adversary, Lord, and showing us how to overcome it, Lord, so that whenever we come to them, Lord, that we're able to overcome and get whatever you want us to get, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus amen. Name, amen. And amen. God bless you. We love you. Have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org, click on connect in the menu bar, and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.